Hey everyone, welcome to this week's Big Monday Show. My name is Charles Simon. I am the host of the Going in Circles Big Monday Show. My co-host, Barry Spears, will be with us in just a minute. This is the post-summer meets edition. Uh, Del Mar is now closed. They uh, ended their meet on Sunday. Kentucky Downs only has one day. Obviously, Saratoga closed last week, so... We're into the fall meets. It's uh, the the Keeneland sale is going on. Churchill starts on Thursday. It's uh, Aqueduct starts on Thursday. Well, Ac- Belmont at Aqueduct. Uh, so it's getting to the time where the leaves start to change. Saratoga keeps raining, but we'll be right back and talk about that and a whole bunch of other stuff. <laughs> What's so funny? Uh, just amusing myself, uh, texting you <laughs> about the link to get on the podcast. Well, uh, I'm I'm happy that you're amused. Long day, long day, my friend. Long day. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're starting it out with giggles. Hey, that that's a good thing, right? It's all downhill from here, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. It's true. Bring in some happiness and joy to the world. Trying, trying. Yep. Yep. So what's post Saratoga racetrack life like these days? It's it's slow. It's slow. Made a little uh, trip to the harness track today for a little matinee. A little matinee action. They're back on the uh, afternoon schedule. That's good. So, yeah, it's good for me. It's good for me, but uh, yeah, just, it gets very slow here. Yeah, like, rapidly. <laughs> instantly like instantly. on uh monday night <laughs> Done. yeah that's pretty much true uh of course it's, it's continued to rain which <clears throat> has been uh interesting I mean, yeah i mean it's not quite a big of a deal now being that there's uh you know no more racing here but it's still a pain and you know it sucks I'm tired of it but um, but that's about it. I mean, the fall, the horse racing fall has officially begun. With Delmar's over, Saratoga's over, Kentucky Downs is more or less over. They they run Wednesday, right? Yeah, and then they're yeah. done. Yeah, we got we got Churchill. Um, the back, the back, the back, the back. The back. Thursday. Where, where does California go? Do they go to Los Alfa or, or do they go back right back to San Anita? No clue. Yeah. San Anita, I believe, but I don't know. It, it's always weird when they just throw in the the Los Al thoroughbreds. Yeah, they, it's just kind of a random addition to the schedule and then they go back to Del Mar and 
in my I November. wish they could Fairplex, man. I loved it. I love playing Fairplex. The Dude, Plex. The greatest. The Plexagon. Yeah, it's sad that uh, California's a shell of itself. I yeah, I was thinking that the other day, you know, like, it's so weird the way the, you know, the, the daily schedule is now compared to what it was, let's say, in even, not even that far ago. Let's go even 10 years ago. 2013. So much different. It, it is. It's annoyingly different, to be honest with you. I mean, <laughs> the fact that Belmont doesn't run now <laughs> yeah, makes that, well, it even even more strange. weird. Yeah, the 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 never ending aqueduct meet it kind of adds to the the oddness of the schedule. Yeah, I read somewhere they're going to be running twenty nine out of the next thirty three months at Aqueduct. Yeah, I mean we've known this for no, we long, knew, but for a long time. In, in those terms, it's like yeah. Dang. Yeah, right. When you when you really break it right down, <laughs> thirty three months is essentially three years. So, yeah, you have you have Aqueduct and Saratoga, and not too long after Belmont is reopened, it'll be Belmont and Saratoga, because Aqueduct is going to go by the wayside, which I know a lot of people are hoping that it won't but i mean be realistic the writing's on the wall man yeah it's, it's not it's it's going to happen it's not a if it's a when what are they going to do with all that land who knows who knows what they're going to do it's I not like it, it's not like it's in a prime location well it kind of is i guess it kind of is yeah i mean parcels of land of that size are gone. There are, dude. there are none in New York City. Zero. That's, yeah. Huh. Uh, what they should do is is blow up the parking lot because the parking lot situation, Aqueduct and the hotel and the casino is is a it's a mess. But um, I don't know how much, <laughs> or if if we'll ever go there once the track is closed. So well, yeah, I mean. There's nothing over there, really, other than the airport. Yeah. Yeah, we try to stay out of JFK if possible. You and everybody else. Don Peppies. The Don Peppies is over there. But, I mean, uh, uh, there's just, it's not like a neighborhood that most of us would uh, go to for a reason other than the races. So. <laughs> kind of like Yonkers. Kind of <laughs> like Yonkers. That's true. I believe in Yonkers. They used to have a, a stupid song. I believe in Yonkers. <laughs> it was horrible. Speaking of which, some wild things going on in their little matinee program they had. Where? Uh, on uh, the International Trot Day? Yeah. Uh, I was fortunate in that I forgot. And... I didn't. And I and I almost I almost hooked a, a, a pool scooper. Oh. And I and I fumbled the bag, man. I hit the one coming out of it with a longer shot that actually paid way less. And, and the track was sloppy, right? The rain. Yeah, it started raining, um, and then the chaos ensued. There was a, I think it was a Dave Miller one at eighty dollar horse. 
and somebody won the race before. I want to say it was Yannick. It was one of the bigger, you know, bigger name drivers that won at like $60 horse. So I had those and didn't connect on the, the chalk in the next race on that ticket. But I was rolling the pick threes and I ended up hitting the one with the 80 to one or the $80 horse in front. But it didn't pay as much. The one that was coming out of it was like $5,000. It was the whole pool. It was a scoop. And there was only two horses that were alive. <clears throat> Hill Exotic and then another horse. Um, but Hill Exotic ended up finishing like third. And the, the, the other one that was covered won. And I think it was $4,300 for a buck. Yeah. It was wild though. It was a good. It was. It was actually cool. Um, the racing was actually way better than I thought it was going to be. Way better than normal. Yeah. Yes. Maybe that's what I meant to say. Yeah. But it was good. I hear you. A little, um, a little stabile on the mic too. He was. He was giving some some uh, winners stabile? out. Stabile was was. He wasn't. Winners. He wasn't calling the races, but he was doing the analysis on the right, feed. Right. I tell you, I, I got to be honest that in my wildest dreams, I never thought that uh, Scioto Downs would have a card uh, on national television. Fox covered him the other day. I saw that. But uh, that was a pretty good card, too. Things are things are strange these days. Things are mm. definitely strange. Um, I think Kentucky Downs proved something this weekend that uh, – you don't even really have to be very good to win a million dollar race. <laughs> Gear jockey, he hasn't won in two years, though. I, I, I he loves really, that place, though. Yeah, exactly. He does. He is good, and uh, there was a, of course, an internet controversy questioning the 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 ET Baird ride, and that he didn't seem to be. Um. The last, I don't know, 16th of a mile, he didn't seem to have much urgency in a million dollar race. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. A lot of people think, I think it's, a, we've talked about this before. There's a lot of cases where the jockey gets the blame for things like that, but the horse is running as fast as they can, and the jockey jumping up and down is not going to make them run faster most of the time. It doesn't matter. They're going as fast as they can, but... Uh, but um, yeah, that was a very odd race. I mean, the the big race on on Saturday, a horse that I mean had spent his entire career running miles runs what was that a mile and five sixteenths? Yes. It just was. It, I mean, honestly, if you slapped hundred thousand dollar claimers on that race. You would have never known the difference. Exactly. I mean, I understand they have, they're rolling in, in money. They have to give it out somewhere. It, it's, what are the misconceptions about the, the purses is that it's the track's money. It's not the track's money. The track has to, contractually has to pay the horseman a percentage. So it's technically the horseman's money. It's not really the track's money. 
So it's not like they've just out of the goodness of their heart decided, oh, we're going to have million dollar races. <laughs> the fact yeah, that... is that they, they have a, a, a slot, they have two slot parlors now, and they're going, you know, full steam 24 7, 365. So there's a ton of money being generated that has to go to purses. And being that they run seven days a week, even running seven days a week, even giving money to other tracks, even having ridiculous purses, they're still, uh, they, they still have too much money. <laughs> um, and it's, it's not a problem that ever existed. <laughs> I guess the closest <laughs> correlation I could make was when parks first got the slots and, and they were going great guns and, um, I remember 7,500 claimers were running for 35,000. So gangster. (laughs) And it it was, you know, kind of like absurd. Utopia. And and you you took away all the incentive for someone to try to go get a good horse because if you can run for five times your, your, your um, claiming price, well, why, why would you spend all the money to try to get good horses? But no, it's kind of crazy in that, the fields were, I mean, they were decent fields, but they weren't like overfilled. They weren't like good. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason that the, the, the previous <clears throat> cup uh, record of, of Kentucky Downs horses is dreadful. I mean, like dreadful, dreadful. I mean, I guess you could probably make the case that the, the record and turf races over the last decade for American horses in general is not very good, but, uh, but no, the. I mean, don't get me wrong. If you deem to wager on them, you know the the uniqueness of the track layout and stuff does create something that you like. You know, some there's definitely chaos and in, in, in the mix, and they do have big fields. Um. So there is that. I mean. To me, Kentucky Downs at this point is just—it's a little disappointing in that they could do things if if they really wanted to be um, special, right? The perfect place to play. <laughs> they could tell the CAWs to take a hike. Um, they could, you know, they have lower, you know, they they could. And I understand people's argument of, oh, well, their, 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 their takeout was still lower than everyone else's, even though they raised it. It's just a principle more than anything else, right? Absolutely, 100%. And th- that, that's the thing, is that um, you could be that. You don't need the CAW money. You have slots. You're greedy if you take money from CAWs. You're greedy. You don't need, listen, if, if they said that you don't have to have racing there, I mean, is it really a big deal? Right. You run seven days a, a year. You don't have a backside. I see both sides of the argument. I really do. Uh, I just, and, and like, I mean, we talked about it, I think last week or the week before. That if you like Kentucky Downs and you like betting on the races, then bet on it. Like, 
but boycotts they don't work. Not in this, no, because no. it's handles not organized. Down like nine, ten percent. The handles down nine, ten percent everywhere. It was down. Yeah, that's 9, across the board. Saratoga, it was down right. in Delmar. It was down this fall, this spring at Churchill. It's down everywhere, and that that is, you know, nothing to do with a boycott. I really, really have, you know, purses. It's not not purses. Handle is so convoluted these days. Man, we can't even really make definitive statements other than knowing what the uh, you know the raw numbers are but we don't even know where it comes from we don't know if if retail players that's like you know people that listen to the show were retail players um what their percentage is if it's higher if it's lower if if it's increasing or decreasing we don't know what the computers are playing i mean it it's it's a hard, <laughs> it's hard to analyze it when it's just, they give you one number, right? And all you can do is compare that raw total handle number to last year's. And of course, you know, you can make little adjustments in field size and, and, and this and that and the other, but in the end, it, it's the reasoning that's given for, for gains and the reasoning that's given for, um, declines and, and handle are just seem to be guesses. <laughs> I mean, we, we had a, a little bit of a discussion today about the fact that, um, you know, sports wagering is, is here, man. And it's here in a big way. And we've been talking about this for so the whole time. Since literally, we Two or three, yeah, it's been three years. Uh-huh. Um, a racing executive actually called me up out of the blue last year, or I guess it was a little well, two years year ago. and a half ago. Yeah, two yeah. years ago when I, I more or less blasted him for saying something about uh, you know how sports wagering was going to be good for racing because I I didn't see it that way. And of course, he was getting his information from all the other suits that are out there and they were telling him how great it was going to be and and we kept saying why would it be great this doesn't make sense um you know if i owned a a little italian restaurant on the block and the guy across the street moved in and he had a, a a great valet parking and i had no parking and he had the a great building and I, and I had like a little crappy building and I mean, why, why would it be good for business? Oh, because it's now the street where people come to get Italian food. I mean, yeah, but then if, 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 yeah, if you're coming to, to get Italian food, you're going to go to the other place because it's better than ours. And that's, that's the thing about wagering is, I mean, this idea that, that gambling is, uh, you know, a social, evil that that ship sailed a while ago there's still some idiots in some of the southern states that are that are holding on to it yeah florida but, but well florida's not they're not really holding on to it they're just it's just a matter of you know greed who's who's gonna who's gonna, who's gonna make the, the most money out yeah. of this deal <laughs> yeah yeah right that that's all that's all. They, they nothing got, they got nothing to do with religion um <laughs> 
South Carolina, North Carolina. Religion I think most of the religious groups against it are, are, are funded by by other gamblers. Other means. Yep. Yes. They're all hypocrites. Um, you know, Kentucky's online now. We'll see what it does to Keeneland. Keeneland, I think, will be a. I, I guess Churchill maybe. Um, in the fall, you know, this September, but Keeneland is really the big meat in the fall there in Kentucky. Um, you know, they got the Breeders' Cup preview the first weekend, and and we'll see what what the what those numbers kind of look like because, I mean, we talked about it last week, right? I said if I had a single wallet, I'd have played some football games on Saturday. I wasn't really into. Kentucky Downs, and I wasn't totally into Colonial. I was just kind of, you know, yeah, putting around. Just right. Saying, if I saw something I liked, so be it. If not, oh well. But but race would have lost some some of of, of my handle, and I, I bet there's lots of guys like me. There's lots of guys like me that, that, that would say, you know what, um, I like a game tonight. I'm gonna bet on it. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna play so and so. That's money that's flowing out. And the truth is, not coming back. Not only that, but you're you're betting sports. You're not betting pair mutual. You're betting against the house, and you're gonna lose. If you bet sports, you're gonna lose. I guarantee you'll lose. You may not lose this weekend. You may not lose a one bet. But you're not gonna win overall. You got no shot. Zero shot. Zero. Because not only uh, do you not have the information to give you an edge. They're giving you terrible odds now. Horrible, man. It's minus 118. I mean, it's it's terrible. Terrible. So they're stacking the deck against you. And again, it's the same thing. If you think you're going to be a professional sports better, you're a moron. (laughs) (laughs) You can't win. This is like Rocky. You have no win. No, you can't. You'd have a better chance of fighting Rocky and beating him. Than, than beating sports. Think gonna, about that. You're gonna Rocky's a fake dude. <laughs> you're gonna definitely lose. I mean, this beating racing under the present circumstances, it's it's almost impossible too, just because you know the the they've stacked up the deck against you. They've stacked the deck against you. That is if paramutual wagering had no takeout. Right. Imagine that. All right. 100% gets bet in, 100% gets paid out. You could beat this game. If you were good enough, you could beat this game. Oh, yeah. Because you're, you're, you're betting against all the other people. <laughs> no, you had it right. You were going to say it. <laughs> other idiots? Yes. No, but it, it's true. Uh, but when you take 20% out, Makes a big difference, that's man. A lot. That's one out of five. Yeah, that's what people don't. They underestimate it. And they 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 try to poke fun at people that are takeout conscious, and it's absurd to me because they really don't understand math and how much over time that twenty percent just destroys the everything that you're basically trying to win. <laughs> it's unreal. Yeah. It's like I remember when I was a little kid, and, and it was one of the few things I actually remember from school. And 
I, I can't remember what class it was, but the, the, the teacher talked about compounding interest, how the, the greatest financial tool available to, to people is, is compounded interest and that your money earns money and you put money in and, and, and a, and, you know, a, an interest bearing account and it'll grow. Yeah. A takeout is 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 the opposite. Right, it goes the other way. It's not an interest bearing. It's it's an interest, you know, it's stealing sucker. Right. So that that's where you know the the whole. I mean, we all bet because we want to make money and we want to make scores, but we don't just do it as as a tool to to make money because that would be silly i mean if you told someone that you were going to take your 401k and all the money you've accrued um working however many years you've worked and 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 invested in um betting on horses people would would have you committed (laughs) i mean that would probably be grounds for divorce i mean good ones but the, the fun about game, and this is the thing I think sometimes the math nerds mix miss, is that for most people, they just want to have fun doing it. And yeah, winning is fun, but they want to try to make scores. They want to try to, to, to figure out the puzzle of handicapping and make winning bets. I mean, it's just, it's an attractive thing for people that are predisposed to to that kind of activity and that's how you see the the crossovers and you see a lot of people who are really into sports and basketball namely that gravitate towards horse racing i know a lot of people that played basketball coach basketball it's like one of those weird kind of uh bedfellows where you know like almost like WWE and horse racing go together for whatever reason. Um, Which is weird. Yeah, exactly. it's strange, but it's, it's, exactly it's true. <laughs> I think it's just the clientele. I, I think that's what it is. The clientele, like adrenaline junkie types or real competitors. Um, people that, that you know. Hey, I, I'll wanna, admit. I would admit that when, when almost I was like young, the thoroughbred horses, they just want to win. They run. They they just want to win. Yeah. Yep, I hear you, man. I hear you. But it is fun, you know. Even when I lose, it's fun. To be honest, I mean, because usually I'm I'm pretty close and I'm around whatever it is that I bet. But <clears throat> you know, the whole thing, the experience, I like it. Not many people can say that, I don't think, because I know people that just lose their minds when they lose. No matter what it is, it could be a $2 bet, and they just go bananas because they lost. Um, But, you know, I I, I can't say that that person isn't having fun losing their mind. Yeah, I mean, it's a good getaway in some ways. Yeah, it, it, it totally is. Especially, you know, um, figuring out the puzzle. I mean, that's one of the biggest things for me is is kind of like, all right, I see what's going on here. You have your set of parameters and, and you try to pick a winner. It's not the easiest thing in the world. No. But 
it's not the toughest. And if you, you know, do your homework, do your due diligence, you, you can figure some of this stuff out. And it's not always, you know, I always tell people when I win, it's not by accident. I know the, like the way I set up my tickets and everything, it's supposed to happen that way. Um, some people get surprised when they win. Uh, you know, and that, I, I was like that when I was younger. Obviously, I had to learn some some things. I didn't have a teacher. I kind of taught myself, and it and it took a long time of losing and figuring all that stuff out. But it was a journey, and and this is where I'm at now, which is great. You know, um, it's just a shame that we don't have a new generation of people feeling these way. You know, the same way we do about these things. In fact, I don't know many at all, especially ones like, let's say, under 30, maybe a handful. Yeah. Maybe a handful. And I know, you know, like my daughter, she kind of likes it, but she's not trying to to figure everything out yet like I was at her age. So that. But, you know, growing up way different for her than it was for me. So I don't know. Yeah. No, no, I hear you, bro. I mean, it's, I, I think that when you look at, um, when you look at, I mean, we talked about handle earlier, but the trends are all bad. Downward. They're it's all downward. Like, I'm about halfway through writing something about, something about this, so I don't want to give away too much, but okay, I just think that there's, for so many of us, um, I talk to so many people that, that have the same mindset. It's just this exasperation. It's like, when are you morons who run this game gonna gonna figure it out? The blood is on your hands. You know, like we need big changes. Like not just this this. Oh, we're gonna put synthetic tracks in. <laughs> gonna put synthetic tracks in. And, and it, it does, it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. You got to fix the, the, the business of the game. You have right. to make it where owners feel like they have a chance again. And not just the big owners. I mean, Mike Rapoli said he's getting out. Of course, he only bought a dozen horses today, opening day at Keeneland. <laughs> he's not getting out. He's not getting out. You know why he's not getting out? Because it's the same like we're, we're not getting out. What else would he do with his time? He's got tons of money. Right. And lots of time, also. Yeah, yeah. How do you think he would have felt if he had bought the Mets? Oof, yeah, ulcers. Exactly. More than what he has now in horse racing. Exactly. <laughs> or worse ones. Way worse. Because there ain't really, there's not much you can do about it except spend more money, and and that just never works. But I mean, it's just you. You got to give people a chance. If if racing is not willing to 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 tackle the super trainer problem, it's dead. Right. It's 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 a on. fundamental issue. It's just math. It's just math. If they're not willing to do that, and and you know, there's all the single pants that come. Oh my good, you can't tell the truth. I don't know where to do it. Of course you can. Of course you can. 
Like, there's not a single thoroughbred owner, not a single one of them. This is is uh, dynamic of a personality or or a big of a uh, you know jerk than than Jerry Jones. But Jerry Jones does not have 175 players on his team, and his team is worth probably more than all the other teams. His stadium is worth like five billion. <laughs> It's simple. Fix the game or all those guys with 100 horses, they're not going to have anywhere to go. At least where they speak English. It's just math, man. It's just frustrating. Right. It's like, you know, the signs are there, you know, everything's chicken shit. All these boards and all these, these people, they're all, they're all chicken shit. What are they afraid of? Being a hero? No, they're all they're afraid of, of 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 upsetting somebody else. This sport was designed to upset people. Precisely. My horse against your horse. One of us is gonna win. You know, in the old days they didn't go my horse against your horse, but you know, whoever wins will do a stud deal for him. The problem with this game right now, I mean, there's a million, but one of the big problems is People who, who whose net worth starts with a B want to make money at this. It's not designed for that. You're squeezing the racing part for for the, the, the bloodstock part. And trust me, all the, the bros that are agents and stuff, they don't want to hear it because they are profiting from it. What they don't get is that this does not have to, to continue. The business of horse racing is a far greater threat than any animal rights group ever. Ever. Animal rights groups are the most vastly overrated issue that racing faces. Social license, all that bullshit. It's just, that's just just words, man. The only thing that matters in this country is money. (laughs) That's the damn truth. If you don't think of that's true, think of any political topic. Any political topic. And you tell me that the root of that problem isn't money. I mean, that's the thing. If business doesn't pick up, there's not going to be any racing. That's the, the problem. I mean, we have a, a situation where it, where, where the players are basically begging you to make changes. And we have Ted Nicholson at Kentucky Downs justifying uh, he's buying lunches for the owners and the, the breeders. And, and, and you know, and then we got to pay for Heisa. Tractor brought in $150 million in revenues last year. From the slots, $150 million in revenue. What do you think your expenses are? Ain't $150 million. I mean, that's the thing. And, and, and you know, to pick on him is easy because he, he's the, he's well, the one, he's the, the, you know, on display the, right now. Right, exactly. <clears throat> Churchill put $200 million into a, a into a, a, a paddock suites. 
How often do you think they're going to get used outside of Derby weekend? I mean, it's all or, it's all or nothing for them. They probably wouldn't be all that upset just running that Derby weekend if they could somehow figure out a plan to do that. I mean, Maryland racing is, is in shambles. Shambles, man. Like, you know what this reminds me of? It's like, like sour milk in your refrigerator. Like, I swear, it's, it, it just felt like overnight everything just turned sour and started going this route. And this is where we are now. I guess, you know, you got to trace it back to when we invited the slots party, right? Yeah. And once that came on board, it just seems like a lot of things just started spiraling slowly. And now it's been accelerated, (laughs) seems like, over the last couple of years. I mean, even since we started doing this this show, how much has changed for the worse? And that's just in three years. Yeah. It's sobering, sad, and what have you, but man, between the time that it started to get sour and now there were so many opportunities to right the ship. And now we're in this place that feels like, you know, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of chances left. Yeah. No, it's, it's this business is charging towards a cliff. It's like the the, the road runner. Hmm. I don't know. It's just wild to me how you know, nobody in, in any of these businesses thought that even ex- it doesn't seem like they even explored the options to make changes. We're just going to keep doing what we've been doing until the wheels fall off, which is never a good plan. I don't know. It's just, it, it, I think about it all the time and I just, can't come up with any any logical reason why any of these tracks haven't done anything differently. Considering, you know, what the market is like and what the whole industry is like top to bottom, they haven't, haven't changed anything to adapt. Let's keep it moving in the right direction.
Uh, I, I hear you. Sometimes it's it gets to the point where, I mean, you just want to, you know, say we're going to give this thing the last rites. <laughs> I mean, there's just so many issues that need to be fixed, and it's it's just. just don't worry, the Derby Trail's coming up, so we'll all be distracted by that. I mean, it's like nuts. Think about it. You're right. Think about where where we were four years ago when we started this. Yeah. I mean, we we were battling things then, you know, like COVID and all that kind of stuff. But even beyond that, we saw this coming because we knew the full crops were going to be low. We knew... And nothing's been done. Nothing's right. There been was not, no, no preparation. That. Right. Nothing's been done to change that. Right. And I mean, that, that's a simple one. That That's, I mean, hell, we've talked about that a million times. Like, you want more, we need more horses. It's just the reality of it. We need more horses, not less. And there's nothing being done to do that. We need more betters. There's nothing being done to do that. Every, as a matter of fact, you could make the case that opposite. the opposite has been done to, for both those groups. Yep. You could make a very good case that the deaths happened. Uh, you know, we're, we're not doing a very good job of retaining our current owners or retaining our current betters. What, what do we really do other than... Uh, I mean, really, what 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 is done for owners of the non-billionaire um, section? Most tracks don't even don't even treat you very well. It's all right that you can choose your own trainer. It's just the same old, same old man. And and some of the you know the the details that we we get into uh, how, how races are covered. Anybody who thinks the way racing is covered is close to perfect, I, I don't. Your expectations must be your bar must be like a rope laying on the ground. I mean seriously, like there's so much more that could be done. And it wouldn't even cost money. Just that. But it's the same formula. The same formula over and over and over. And when they, they you know, TVG brings a, a new person in, they, they have to have an accent. <laughs> and, you know, have limited actual ability to analyze races. That seems key. I mean, it's a simple, <laughs> this, is a simple this is the production. This is, this is the, the, the forward facing uh, view of, of racing. And it's just, it's, it's ordinary. They don't fix the mistakes. The people who are on there, I mean, there just should be turnover. Keep the best people you, you, you look for better. 
it's the way television operates. Yeah, I mean, I I never really thought about <clears throat> what it would be like to get into this game today, you know. It was just such a different sort of thing back, you know, late 80s, early 90s that uh, it's hard to relate because there was, you know, back then there was no ADWs. That was one of the hugest things. And you had to kind of dig to get information that you can get at the click of a, a thumb or a couple buttons now. So it seems like it could be easier, in fact, less barriers to to entry, you know, than it would have been back in, let's say, you know, 88. There's so much more information at your fingertips <clears throat> that you didn't have back then, you know. Yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, listen, man, just just, just the way racing um, issues are, are presented to the public. Like, <laughs> 90% of the people that comment on racing on Facebook are complete morons. <laughs> and and that's being kind. I was going to say, you're being I nice. mean, they literally don't have any understanding of what the issues even are. But they all have opinions. Which I guess is kind of a modern day thing. Yeah. But let me just explain. And, and, and racing does nothing. All the jockey club people, you know, they want to talk, you know, a big game. But where are they? Where are they? Where are they? They want to hoard all the data and, and point fingers at everybody. But where are they when, when bullshit issues come up, like the nonsense that's happening to the vets in California, and you have animal rights people uh, on, a, on a, a wackadoo board that has something to do with, with consumer affairs? I mean, it's just one of these government bodies that, that shouldn't exist. I mean, it's a disgrace to taxpayers that these kind of things exist. And, and all they're trying to do is just torture the vets who work on the backside of the racetrack is one of their tactics to try to demean racing. Let me just explain how it works for a veterinary on the backside. You have your regular vet. You might have a regular vet practice where they have more than one, just one vet. They might have two, three, five, six, seventy people. You get care from those vets basically 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If you call them, they will be there. All those other creepy vets, all those small animal vets that, that are on this, that are trying to like, you know, they're against horse racing. They're the ones that rob you when you bring your dog in and they charge you $2,000 to look at them. But this is all about paperwork. 
it's a paperwork nonsense thing. It's just, it's just, uh, it's, it's ridiculous. But it's California. The government there is, is just a disgrace from top to bottom. I mean, it's just a disgrace out there. Believe me, I, I, I ran one horse at Del Mar and I had to deal with some insane woman from the insurance board in San Francisco for two years. Two years? Two years. They chased me for something that I didn't even, I didn't even have my California employment records. And I tried to say, listen, morons, if you can find a business that I have that's based in your state, well, you know what? Knock yourself out and I'll pay all the stuff that I'm supposed to to pay you. But I don't have a business in your state. I ran one horse there. I was there for for seven days. (laughs) They chased me for money. But that's the way it works out there. It's worse than anywhere. I mean, listen, New York sucks. Most states, the governments are are, are a joke. Uh But it's paperwork nonsense because they didn't fill out a, a form, an official form, because there's a law that's being misinterpreted. I don't even know if it's a law or rule or what it is that uh, before dispensing medication, you have to have an exam. Well, that's fine and dandy for small animal vets because they don't see your pet every single day. They're not coming to your house on their way to work and checking up on it and seeing how a little rover is. So you have to bring them in and make an appointment and, and they do an examination. You see, when when you have a barn... Your vet comes every single day. He's at your barn every single day. So the fact that he doesn't fill out the paperwork to come and see your horse every single day is understandable. Because you know what? There's lots of work. There's lots of things to do. And and filling out a form to say you saw the same horse over and over and over and over and over again in order to dispense him some kind of medication like uh, ulcer medication or skin uh, salve or something like that. <laughs> if you're on the side of the board, you are willfully ignorant because it's a joke. The, the language that they use, inflammatory, oh, dangerous drugs. There's no dangerous drugs on there. ludicrous they can't dispense dangerous drugs to you it's just it's just idiocy and let me and let me just explain this this uh, to people do thyroid it's nothing it's not all these oh it could do this it could do that every single drug you can take can be abused or, or used if you take aspirin right you take one little aspirin a day it's not really considered a dangerous drug, right? I mean, you wouldn't consider taking an aspirin a dangerous drug, right? I mean, right. Yeah. Not not, people take it, right? Sure. But if you read the fine print, it tells you don't take 50 of them one day <laughs> because, you know, bad things might happen if you do that. This is this is what we're talking about. They're worried about the fine print 
in case of, oh, right, yeah. In case I give my horse the entire bottle of butte, maybe it might be bad for him. <laughs> Believe me, driving to work in California is far, far, far more dangerous than any of those medications. But people, they, they buy headlines, hook, line, and sinker. They buy it. It's, it's this is what you know. This is what people they they do, and and they they try to. Uh, the, the, their opinion is swayed based upon the the personalities of the people, in question. Oh, this person is connected to Bob Baffert, therefore he must be cheating, and he must be bad. He must be this, and he must be that. It's just stupid. It's just stupid. I have a problem with stupid. I, I just do. No, I hear that. I just do, man. But isn't some of this, you know, kind of the industry's fault for not clarifying these things like a thousand percent years ago? Because now it's like the, the people that are administering these things, they they don't get it either. A thousand percent, man. A thousand percent. It's because the industry and the people in the jockey club, they ignored all the issues for a hundred years. That they never worked with the American Horse Council to try to actually, uh, you know, clarify, classify the workers in, in the proper category. And now we have this disaster where everything is, is is looked at as though it's it's wrong um, everybody think you, you you know guys are paying grooms like you know they're paying people so much money that they, and they're not even doing a good job <laughs> a lot of them but there's no help this, and this doesn't mean that you shouldn't pay good employees a fair wage but some of these things are just ridiculous it's just ridiculous. It's just the system. They're working in the system, man. And it's political. I mean, racing has made itself an easy target. And it doesn't fight back. I mean, seriously, nobody fights back. Nobody, Nobody's willing to, to actually say the truth. And in a lot of cases... People won't even believe you, man. It doesn't matter how much evidence you you put right in front of them. It's why I, I just stop even hardly dealing with with Facebook because it's just, you just get bombarded by morons, <laughs> and stupid people are stupid for a reason. They're not. I mean, honestly, I get it. They they don't choose to be stupid. Most of them, they're just dumb. They just their brain is just. You know, maybe they took too many drugs or maybe they hit their head a lot. But, I mean, as a society, we got 300 million people in this country and there's there's a large percentage of them that just, they're, they're willing to believe almost anything. <laughs> That's very true. And racing is does a terrible job. I mean, let's face it. 
racing does a terrible job. At at dealing with issues, at explaining things, at educating, even at educating the people that want to be educated. I mean, I'm going to say it, man. If you're a young person, you're getting in this game, you're nuts. And you guys should be the ones that are speaking out. Because the truth of the matter is that... Stops with them. In the end... It, it's probably not going to matter, but but you think you're going to get into this business and it's going to be business as usual, like like these people in charge are trying to to make it. Man, this thing is cratering. I mean, younger people are the ones that say, you know what, people of our age aren't interested. We can't get them interested. I mean, who's who's going to be interested in it? Everybody be at the sale today. Huh. No, it's it's terrible. Just need, need a sign. Just one little glimmer of, all right, everything might be okay. That's all I'm looking for at this point. Got to start somewhere. Like, right. That's what I mean. I, I need something. Let me give me something to grab onto and, and go with that positive vibe. <clears throat> but I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> No, in the end, they racing the the suits want to bullshit us. And that that's in in a nutshell. They want to try to convince themselves and us that what they're doing is 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 great and positive, beneficial. Well, from where I'm sitting, only one half of that is working. And it's convincing themselves because the betters aren't buying it. I don't even know that a lot of them do. I mean, we don't know all the the goings on in in all of the the places. True. A lot of times, it comes from the top, and you know, if the person that owns the track is, you know, has a vision that's completely convoluted then it, it's difficult to, to get anything accomplished underneath that I, I mean I've known that's true I've, I've worked for some people that just literally should not own horses because their ideas of, of how things should go or how they supposed <laughs> to go just are, are not based in reality right so the chances for them to have any lasting success is almost zero because they're going to you know, they're going to sabotage themselves because their thought process is, is not you know, realistic. That makes sense. It's, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm tired of talking about negative stuff all the time, but man, that's all we get. That's all they give you.
You know what I mean? I definitely know what you mean. It's, it's it sucks. It, it just does. Didn't you give out the winner uh, on the spaces the other day? It did. It did. That's what I thought. I, I thought we were kind of. Yeah, we we had the winner of the. We had uh, that one. The maiden yesterday's seventh race was the silk. Made pretty good too. Twenty four. Silk bucks. race of the week. Yeah, ten to one. In fact, I, I believe you gave out the exacta. Was it one ten, right? Yeah, yeah. The maker horse was second. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the other horse was third, the seven. Yeah. Race didn't unfold like I thought it would, though. Yeah, it was kind of a strange. I, was, I figured the strange. one would have been closer up, but didn't happen that way and it came from off it a little bit yeah Morn Mountains better be looking for a new hobby who? that's the Wesley Ward horse oh oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah she needs like a, a three furlong turf race No, that was definitely not uphill. That, that was a race that a, a lot of, a lot of, what happened in the race, kind of figured to happen. Mm, it did. It, it was very formful. I was I was really surprised that that um, Eddie Cornelius horse got to keep and got bet as hard as he did. I figured the Cassie horse that had gone to the lead last time would be like nine to five. That horse went three to one. Three to one, yeah. Oh. This isn't that good of a horse. I mean, that's just. You know, was no was going to be a bad favorite if he was the favorite, but uh, I mean that was not a, a real, real strong race. But no, that was a race that actually was, you know, pretty formful for that place. Uh, I thought the horse of Shugs that won the uh, Virginia Derby ran great, uh, really good. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't expect that. Two two really really strong races, two starts. Yeah, took off like you know and finished strong. I, that's the one thing that stuck out to me. Yeah, on the turn I was kind of like you know, it's kind of making a little run, but he's got a lot to do and poof, leveled out and took off. <laughs> yeah, I sure did. And and Kendrick rode him like. You know, he knew that that he had a ton of horse underneath him. Like, yeah, integration, quality road. The quality road's been a really good turf sire. I know. It's not talked about much either. It's kind of weird that that Chug is is kind of uh, uh, you know in the later years of his career is. is is really known as a turf trainer at this point. I mean, this is a guy that... that <laughs> right. That, uh, I mean, his resume was dirt fillies. Like, it was unbelievable. dirt, right. I mean, it was... Unbelievable. It was, like, I Murder's mean, always, Row. Like, he always had a couple turf horses. Every year. With him. He had Lore. He had... Uh, <clears throat> there was my big boy. Oh, yeah. I mean, he ha- always did fine with turf horses, but 
I mean, he was not known as a, a turf trainer, and now, I mean, most of his success is on his, his turf horses. He's got some some good three year olds this year. He pops up every now and again, like yeah. he, had he, had that, a, he had a bad. Disorder. You know, uh, the, the one that got hurt was it uh, Greatest Honor, right? Yeah, yeah, Greatest Honor. And that was what two years ago. Yeah, when he came back, he just wasn't <clears throat> nearly the same. Yeah, he wasn't the same. Not but, even close. But now he's got a couple good three-year-olds uh, talking the nation. It's um, nice. Nice horse. But integration ran really well. I mean, he, he ran down program trading, who had run a big race in Saratoga and, and only uh, his second start. So, so you know, hopefully those horses can continue to improve and um, – we don't have to be so embarrassed about player turf horses anymore. <laughs> so it's, it's been it's been a rough go for for American turf horses. I mean, since bricks and mortars, it's not been not been pretty. Not been pretty. No, I, I saw somebody um, talking about that horse and how they wish he didn't get. Uh... Sold to Japan. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I know that's what I'm saying. It's like a that's kind of a crapshoot. It could it could be really really good, like Sunday Silence kind of thing, or yeah, could be a complete dud. All right, the Sunday Silences they they work out every forty years. <laughs> it's uh, it's hard. Listen, I, it's hard for a, a, a turf style in this country. Um because of the the lack of commercial appeal which is which is bizarre which is really bizarre considering um and what we saw like this last weekend and and the the you know the proliferation of, of turf racing in this country there's tons and tons and tons of turf racing and, um, and yet turf horses have a hard time bringing the type of money to justify um High high stud fees. I mean, think about English Channel. As good as he was for as long as he was, I think man, he was the nice. most he ever brought as a stallion was like twenty five thousand. That's wild to think about. <laughs> and he got good horses, good solid horses every year. But you know what? He was never going to get your Kentucky Derby winner. I mean, that's just the way it was. But Hell, only one horse wins a derby every year. I was gonna say, yeah, only one, and and you know, there's there's lots of races out there. I just want to win. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's the commercial, uh, the commercial interests. It, it's funny because you see a lot of the the hand wringing about the breed, the breed, the breed. You know, all these people say these these things about the breed, and it's like. Uh, you got to come with a little bit more uh, specification in your argument. You can't just say, well, the breed, we're breeding too much for speed. Like, <laughs> you know, like what? All right. Well, a, it's not one guy that breeds all the horses. There's thousands of people literally that do it. So you're not changing the habits of a person. You're changing the habits of, a, a large group of people, all who have the the, the financial right, it's, it's a huge conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. like 
it's just one of those things that it's like it's an impossible argument to make it's an impossible argument to to argue it's it's okay we need more you know soundness in our horses okay like yeah i mean no one's going to disagree with that but what what are we supposed to do with all the horses that you deem not sound enough <laughs> I, I mean that's the thing is is that it's just generalizations and and that's that's this business man that's this business that is why some of the nonsense the heist has done, it, it, it came from that, that very same thinking. You know, Wasn't that by design, though? Like, back in the day, a lot of that, that stuff was kind of meant to be murky. I don't, I just think that it's a, the world changed and, and racing never did. At the very least, you have to, to get in front of things and you have to smooth the transition. You have to make sure that people understand the whys, even if they don't totally understand it. They, you have to make you state your case because if you're constantly on the defense, you always sound guilty because you're 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 always having to defend yourself. And that's racing. And and hell, racing doesn't even do that. It doesn't, no. it doesn't even defend itself. And it does it. It's 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 done in a in a you know kind of a weak manner. They need to get like uh, Jimmy Seafood on the pushback. Yeah, it's just that you know like it's a breeding argument. I, I don't understand like what people think you can do to change their perception of it, because that's what it is: is perception. It's not a mm-hmm. reality fact that horses make less starts horses make less starts everywhere well the funny thing is that you know all the europeans do this <laughs> who do you think owns a bunch who do you of think we got farms? it from who do you think owns a bunch of stud <laughs> farms in kentucky right who do you think we got it from yeah, yeah. shake mom and he wasn't born in versailles well i mean <clears throat> it cool stands more? the reason like you look at you look at the past performances of the horses that come here from, from, you know, the UK only running like two or three times a year. It's just, it's some, you get a little more than that, maybe four or five, but they don't run very much. And I I don't know if they're always hurt. Like it, it, it doesn't appear like they're hurt. You know, usually you get a line where a horse just, doesn't fire at all and you know finishes last by like 30 lengths or whatever i don't really see any of that yeah but uh, european bloodlines are, are full of american yeah influences. horses too yeah that's true galileo is a kentucky bred <laughs> i hate to tell you <laughs> saddler's wells too I mean, it's just, there's just all these, these things that people say and it's like, man, I I don't, you know, like, (laughs) yeah, Galileo was 
about <laughs> Sadler's Wells, who's by Northern Dancer. His dam is Urban Sea, who's by Miswaki. Miswaki was an American stein, so that Northern Dancer was an American stein. You know, I mean, these are that's the bloodlines on the horses. Now, the, look at Galileo and what everything that, that he's um, produced. You know, look at Danehill. Look at the influence of Danehill. Mm. Danehill was by Danzig. He was out of the His Majesty Dam. Those are American bloodlines. I mean, El Prado, who actually became a, an influential stallion here, was an Irish bred, but he, he was by Sadler's Wells, again, who's by another <laughs> dancer out of a survivor man. And he wound up producing um, Medallia de Oro, who has been, you know, a really great style all over the place. But, you know, Medallia de Oro has got a lot of, had a lot of success in, in Australia. I mean, El Prado is, is the sire of Kitten's Joy. I mean, it's just, I, I just don't know, like, where people are going with this. Like, what do, what do you think we can do? Like, find a bunch of... <laughs> well, and the other part is is that with all the, the shuttle stallions and things going on, this isn't like 1940 where you just didn't have that much of a, of a a meshing of blood across continents. I mean, where do you find outcrosses now? I mean, wh- where do you get them? <laughs> no, I mean, look at what what Sunday Silence did, right, in Japan. Oh, everything came from from American bloodlines. Sunday Silence bred to Northern Taste was one of the premier Knicks probably ever. Yeah, and Northern Taste is by Northern Dancer. Those were North American man. It's I I just don't you know I just don't know what people think they're gonna do. But they talk about it all the time, you know. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Gonna talk about it. And the fact is, what we could do is we could raise horses better. We certainly could. We could raise them like horses and not like like little assets. Marshmallows. That's what they do. They raise them like assets, not, not, not horses. But, I mean, that actually might, you know, be beneficial for the longevity of, of, of more horses but again it comes down to money it always comes down to money mm-hmm. not safety not any of the other stuff it comes down to money in the end and that's that's the thing that, that really hurts because um, 
I just don't see how in a, in a shrinking market you can you have to do everything perfectly. Everything has to go right, and man, we're not doing anything right. You know, in the end, Barry, I think the one thing that people have to remember is that a really, really rich guy that buys a ton of horses and they all turn out to be bums. <laughs> Except for one. No, even if they all turn out to be bums. If he has a good accountant and they set up the business properly, guy made a lot of money with giant tax write-offs. Write-off, yep. And that's the difference, man. Isn't that why Peter Brandt basically came back? I have no idea why he came back. But after Saratoga, he had he might want to go back to the <laughs> sidelines. Yeah, he had a bad. A lot of a lot of people had bad summers. I mean, get a crying Jordan for the summer. Yeah. His his silks were were not existent in the winter circle like it was last year. No, not seen very much. A lot of trainers had a bad summer. Dave Donk, man, no luck. Though I I did cash on that one fifty three to one shot that ran second. Thank you very much. Cha ching. That was a good. That was a good deal. Got him. <laughs> I think sometimes uh, you know it's just a. Uh, It's just the way the conditions that your horses have line up. I mean, as much as anything, you can have a good season or a bad season based upon getting in the right races. So, <clears throat> and there was quite a few washouts too. Yeah, no. which hurts him in particular. No, no doubt, no doubt. And he, he had a lot of horses that ran okay. He just didn't have a lot of winners. Right, and just didn't, you know, the the breaks he was getting maybe down at Belmont, he wasn't getting up at Saratoga. Yeah, Wayne Lucas, he did not have a big meet. Nope. He was three for 39. Cassie was three for 35. Jacobson won six, but he, he wasn't, I mean, he didn't run like he used to. I guess he wasn't a big of a factor. Um, all six of those paid though. If you look at the, <laughs> didn't they? <laughs> it's, it's funny though. Like like Hennig was eight for forty, and everybody said what a great meet at what he had. And Jacobson was six for forty five, and don't hear person. anything. Not a single person. <clears throat> Good meet. Well, we know. Yeah, we um, know. Horatio DePaz, man, he had a rough meet. He had a rough meet, man. He he had he was uh, twenty for forty five, one two three, except only three of them. Were, uh, were three winners. W's. Yeah, McPeak was two for 41. Uh, Grand Motion was three for 26. Dave Donk was two for 51. Danny Gargan was three for 27. And one of the three was a gift. Contessa's only won two race. races all year. Oh, he won the first and the last. Yeah, he won two. He won the, the spin, the, the, um, First stake and the last stake. Yeah, the Schuylerville and the uh, the hopeful, and he's won zero other races the entire year, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, Shug was one for thirty four at uh, at Saratoga. 
James Bond, he was three for 27. Deodoro, who always does bad at Saratoga, was two for 26. John Terranova, who won the Virginia Oaks the other day, uh, he was two for 20. Saffling was three for 21. That's what I was going to ask you. Three for 21. Cherie won one out of 12, but she only ran 12. It's not a lot. No? No, but she's primarily a grass trainer, so a lot of rainouts, a lot of washouts. Antonio Sano, man, three for eight. Not bad. I'll take it. Atris was one for 33. Falcone was one for 24. Phil Antonacci wound up two for 12, and I think he won the first two in the first week. He might have been two Didn't for 12. Didn't he won the first point. race? Yeah. He, 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 no, Linda Rice won the first Oh, race. Linda. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But he won, he won one opening day. I, I think he was two for three at one point. He only wound up with 12 starts. Pat Quick had a good meet at three for 17. Charlie Baker only went two for 28. Albatrani one for seventeen. And it's it's not you know it's tough, man. Tough place to win, but but you see all those guys aren't winning. And the same five or six people are. Right, how top heavy it is. <laughs> the standings are very, very top heavy. Yeah. Yep, it sure is. It sure is. Uh, did you? I, I haven't quite looked at the races yet, but um, it looks like a pretty good card at uh, at Churchill on Saturday. They have the um, the Iroquois and the Pocahontas, which are the first two Derby points races. Uh, Churchill opens up on Thursday. Um, kind of, they got six horses fields in, in the uh, the two sprints. Uh, the Louisville Thoroughbred Society, which has uh, has six strobe makes his strobe or strobe strobe oh, versus Bango. Necker Island. I'm not. You're not getting my money this time, Necker Island. I'm done with. Um, open Mind has only has six. Your Guri, uh, Wicked Halo, who scratched out of the um, uh, the ballerina, which <laughs> was a much diff- more difficult spot, will be, I think, a big favorite in this. Babe. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No Echo Zulus in there. The Pocahontas has nine. It's back at a mile, as it should have been. Just too early, right? Mile 16th races. Um, that's got nine. I can't really tell you who will be the favorite, because most <laughs> of them have one race. <laughs> um, the Iroquois has nine. Be an interesting spot. Uh, the Locust Grove has got 11. Phillies and Mares going a mile and a 16th, grade three, $400,000, 11 horse field. That's like a, a throwback race. Yeah, old school. I, I would I would say the over-under on scratches in there is four. 
I was going to say two and a half. So, Pauline's Pearl. Huh. Lid, uh, Vida search, search results. Hidden Connection. Oh, man, o, Ma- o, uh, A, Mo, Ray. I'm done with search results, man. Yeah, search results. I don't know what, you know what you should do? You should send that horse to the lead. She put that horse on the lead, man. She don't want to pass late. Nope. But that's about all. I think tomorrow they will draw the uh, the Belmont card for the weekend. The back. The back. The BBQ. Hmm. B-A-Q-U. It's funny, you know, they can't fill races at Saratoga State races. Aqueduct has a, a listed winter memories <laughs> a mile for three old Phillies. Divisions. It's got, <laughs> it's got uh, 10 and 4 also eligibles. <laughs> imagine. It's... No, imagine. When's the last time you've seen a, a, a race with or a stake race with two divisions? Well, never. They won't do it anymore. Remember the race uh, opening Oceanside? Day? Yeah, the Oceanside. Delmar. Delmar. That, I remember one year it was... Uh, there was four. Four yeah. races. Two for the Phillies and two for the boys. I remember three. was split. Uh, the Oceanside itself was split into three races. Damn. <laughs> Those are the days, bro. That wasn't that long ago because I want to say like in 2012, 13, 14-ish, that happened. Or something similar. Yeah, that's wild. We need more of that. Yeah, no doubt. So, so I don't really have much else to complain about tonight. Go Dolphins. Dolphins, 1-0. Shockingly, Aaron Rodgers got hurt, and more shockingly, that oh man, River. As, as we're as we're taping that game, it's it's currently tied. Well, I didn't think the kid was all that bad, to be honest. I I mean, I didn't see a whole lot of Jets last year, but I didn't think he was the issue. Uh, he stunk. He sucks. I didn't think he was that bad. No, he stinks. And I know I'm gonna get attacked. You will definitely Twitter after people hear this, but I didn't think he was all that bad. Yeah, he's he's no good. He's not good. <laughs> it's hanging in there tonight. Apparently. Yeah. Oh. Well, they they had an eighty-three yard touchdown run, which basically that all helps. <laughs> yeah, I think you know the thing to take away from this game probably is that Buffalo. The window has closing. On the bills, people don't want to hear it, but the road to the AFC East goes through Miami, sir. That's right. Went to Hollywood Park and got it done. It's terrible, I say that, but it's true. It is kind of blasphemous. So they were on the far turn. That's where the end zone is. 
<laughs> not a hundred percent sure. <laughs> it's messed up, man. Uh, yeah, it really is. It really is. It does look like a nice stadium, though. <laughs> it does. It's, it looks phenomenal. The best part about that game was half the the fans were Miami fans, more yeah. than half. Yeah. Damn, well, they were making a ruckus. It was it was loud in there for the Dolphins. Yeah, see, my brother texted me another another update on the Orioles. I get basically daily texts. Man, you oh, get I Orioles. Get, from I, get, I get daily texts huh? when when they win. I get I only get the winning texts. But you know, to be honest, he's suffered for a long time, so. Wait, so he's an Orioles fan and you aren't? No. My brother's an Orioles fan. How? I don't know. The Orioles were good, I guess, when we were young. I liked it. I I because I like the uniforms, but it wasn't they had you know, good uniforms. And I didn't like the Red Sox, so Carl so Yastremski. Gaz used to play at the golf club my dad belonged to. Yeah. Seen him every once yes. in a while up there. Yes. Ted yes. Williams used to go there too. Really? Yeah. They all lived Teddy like Baldwin. right around the corner from where I lived. Really? Yeah. I told you that Steve Casper lived in my neighborhood, the hockey guy. He used to knock on his door and he used to give us like <laughs> these like headshots with already like pre oh pre pre signed. Yeah. yeah. Pre-signed, right. <laughs> We'd go like every day. When we, we yeah, were kids, we would, we, we would we would send away to teams like you know ask for stuff, basically beggars. Yep. And um, <laughs> they used to send us stuff back a lot. We we would get, uh, you know, the 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 pictures that were that were probably signed by the ball boy. <laughs> But uh, then he uh got the head coaching job at L.A. for the Kings for a while, and he bounced, sold his house, and Move last we saw Steve Casper, like the Beverly Hillbillies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I guess uh kind of wraps it up for this week. Yes, it does. Next week we'll have some we'll have some derby points to be uh, assigned. Not many of them, but see who grabs them. See what happens. Churchill, hopefully uh Churchill can get through the weekend unscathed. That'd I'm, sure be nice. the, I'm sure the vultures will be circling hoping for bad things to happen. <laughs> But, They're already circling. <laughs> what are you talking about? They're already there. Every trainer I've talked to from there said that they really hadn't seen any problems with the the track. So we'll see what happens. And I mean, honestly, they had no reason to tell me anything but the truth. I mean, right? Why? You know. So, so you know, hopefully, hopefully everything goes well. I mean, we always hope that, but especially because they kind of were under the microscope and 
and uh, we'll, we'll, you know, probably be taking a trip down to the old backwater pretty soon, too. Okay, that's what's up. So I can get lost in the parking lot. But, um, I guess uh, we'll talk to everybody next week. All right. See you later.